KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah. Today is Friday, Chet Nisan, and today is the last day of the podcast, of the KMTT podcast, before Pesach. We'll be going on vacation until a week after Pesach, until Rosh Chodesh Iyar. What can you do in the meantime? Well, first of all, you can go to the archives and pick up any shear in the last three months that you've missed. We've been broadcasting for three months. And uh, there probably are one or two shurim there that you've missed. So if you have a habit and you find it difficult to wean yourself from KMTT in the days between now and Pesach or the week after Pesach, please, the address is kmtt.libsyn.com. That's kmtt.libsyn.com. Every single shear in KMTT since the second week that we started is found there and can be downloaded by clicking on the appropriate link and you can listen anytime you want. What else can you do? You can review those shoes that you already heard. Listen to them again. Or you can find something else to do. We will be back the week of Rosh Chodesh Iyar. Schedule will be a little bit different. There will be some new courses. They're listed on the KMTT website, www.kimitzion.org. And until then, we will be on vacation, and you will be on your own. This week we read Pashat Tzav. On a regular year, on a non-leap year, Pashat Tzav is always read the week before Pesach. Pashat begins Tzav et Aaron v'et Banav Lemor. Zot Torah Ta'ula. Rashi quotes the, sif, the Sifra. Why was it necessary to say Tzav et Aaron? Rashi explains the word Tzav, to command, Ein Tzav ela lashon ziruz, miyad uledorot. If it says Tzav, it means special encouragement. To, to quicken, to, to, to encourage in a special way. Lashon ziruz, lezarez. Miyad for these people and for all times, because it's a mitzvah for all times. Why, Bab Shimon comes to explain, was this mitzvah specifically? This mitzvah specifically required a special encouragement more than other mitzvot, because the pasuk has to encourage more where it deals with chisaron kis, which means a loss of money. So all of Hashem are a bit taken aback. Like, why? What's so special about this mitzvah that there is a special need of loss of money in this mitzvah? So the first answer which comes to mind is has to do with the nature of korbanot. Korbanot are really different than other mitzvot because of what I think is a fallacy, but it's a fallacy which which continually comes back into our minds. When you buy another mitzvah, you spend money on another mitzvah, you know what you're getting, you're getting something. But when you buy a korban, you spend money, you take your own money, you take your own animals, and you bring a korban, in the end, what do you do with it? You It goes up in smoke. There's a famous and tragic story told in the end of the Gemara in Sukkah. And I think it's something which repeats itself in every generation. Sometimes about korbanot, sometimes about other things that are similar to korbanot. Marta bat baitus, a daughter of one of the families, of uh, 
of of the of the of the kohanim, the time close to the destruction of the temple. Apparently, either for truth or hypocritically, developed a social conscience. She took her shoe and hit the mizbeach, hit the altar, and said, "Lucas, Lucas, ad matay atam mechalem amonam she Yisrael." She called the mizbeach a wolf who devours the money of Israel. People were poor. And the money that goes in his bear, you will ask yourself, or the Sahara asks you, you're just wasting money. It's going up in smoke. I mean, God doesn't need it. It doesn't serve any purpose, any social purpose, even maybe perhaps even a religious purpose. And therefore, it's that kind of, it's chisar and kiss, meaning money that just goes for loss. Not that it costs you money, but it's just money that just drains away. Therefore, you need a special zeros. The question that's immediately asked on this kind of approach is that read the Pasuk. It says, The person who's getting the ziruz, the person who's getting the special encouragement is Aaron Ubanav. The Kohen and the Kohen don't lose any money when someone brings a Korban. The Korban comes out of the money of the person bringing it. Not the Kohenim. Even if it's a Korban Sibur, so it comes out of Amisal, it doesn't come out of the pockets of the Kohenim. Why do the Kohenim need to be encouraged? Because of Chisankis. There's no Chisankis at all. The Ramban already asked this question and claims that this Midrash doesn't go in the first Pasuk, it goes in a different Pasuk and he looks for some place later in which to apply the Midrash. So the, the, the immediate response is a very interesting one, I think, would be to say that it's not going on all Korbanot, but it's going on Korban Ola. And the Zivuz is for Korban Ola as opposed to other Korbanot. The Korbanim being Korbanot, but when it came to Korban Ola, they needed a Zivuz. Why? Korban Ola is burnt completely on the Mizbeach, as opposed to a Korban Chatat, for instance, where the Kohanim eat part, eat part of the Korban. If that's true, and that's what the Ma'amar of Chazal is referring to, then the Chisar and Kis here is merely a relative one. They don't lose any money, but they could have had more if it had been a different Korban. And then it's a very interesting Musa point, that a person, perhaps subconsciously, will will feel he will be slower. He'll he'll he'll, he'll have less enthusiasm to do something, even if it doesn't cost him anything at all. But he's comparing it in his mind or in his subconscious to how he could have enjoyed or made more had the korban been differently. If you bring a korban olam, the kohen knows you could have brought a korban chatat, so he will be less diligent, less enthusiastic to help you with your korban because he's very used to the fact that he has a chedek in other korbanot and not in this one. So that, it's really a very extreme example of a chisar and kiss. But I think it might make more sense in the pshat because if someone is, you ask someone to lose money, perhaps you don't have to lose a vezoto. You don't have to encourage him because he knows that's what you asked. He encourages himself. We're talking about from people as a kohenim are good people. So if you say to the kohen, I want you to spend money and do this, if he says he'll do it, he'll do it. But here, precisely because it's not as obvious, and it's much more subtle, therefore you need zivuz, you have to get psychologically to encourage him, because the problem isn't in his decision-making process, but in his psychological enthusiasm for the thing that's being done. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky gave a different answer to this question of the Ramban. Why should the Kohanim, who don't lose anything, have a problem with Chisar and Kis? And his answer is also to read the Pasuk. Different place in the Torah, the Kohanim are referred to as B'nai Aaron. 
sometimes as Hakawanim, sometimes as Aaron. Here it says Aaron ve'ed banav. Why is Aaron mentioned? So Rav Yaakov said that Aaron here is the individual Aaron. Aaron is, the, is described by Chazal as being Ohevet Habriyot. He had a very close and compassionate relationship with Am Yisrael. The Chisar and Kis is indeed the Chisar and Kis, the loss of money, the costs are for the Jews, not for the Kohanim. But Aharon is concerned about the loss of money of the Jews. And therefore requires Zilos. Because this really turns the the Musa nature of the uh, statement of Chazal on its head. It's not that you're being uh, egotistical or pecunious or mercenary. You might not do a mitzvah because it will cost you money. That when I, when I worried about that, I mean, <laughs> the Jew, he received a mitzvah. He, he, if he does it, he does it with Leif Shaleh, Naseb and Ishma. It's not an evil inclination here. It's a Yetzir Tov. Because he loves B'nai Yisrael and sees their money going into Koban Ola. Rabbi Yaakov added the Koban Ola is the standard Koban Hatzibur that's put on the Mizbech. Mizbech is called Mizbech Ola because there's always an Ola on the Mizbech. In fact, there's Halacha that if no Koban is being offered, Mizbech should not be idle. You bring an Ola anyhow. And Ola Hatzibur, you just bring it. So the Ola is really digging into the pockets of Yisrael. And oh, Yisrael, they're enthusiastic. But Aaron HaKohen, because he's a tzaddik, he won't be enthusiastic. And therefore, you require a special ziruz to tell him to overcome his Yetzatov and to be a Kohen who will bring the Korban as, as is necessary. It's a very interesting outlook on who you're being with Zavez. It might be difficult to Zavez people who are dragging their feet to do a mitzvah because that's, it's the evil inclination. It's the Yetzatov which is keeping them back. And the ziburs of tzaddikim, the ziburs of the Torah might not help. But where you have someone mitoch tzidkut, because of his tzidkus, he's dragging his feet. So there you really need ziburs, and the ziburs can also be effective, reminding him that it's the Shem Hashem, and he should do it, and he should do it fully. That's for the first, uh, the first pasuk of the Torah. I'd like to mention a, a vat in the name of Avchayim Velashen that I heard once, about the next pasuk. Eish tamid tukad ala mizbeach lo the Pasuk is talking about Korban HaOlah, but then ties Korban HaOlah to the Mizbech. As I mentioned a minute ago, the Mizbech is called Mizbech HaOlah. So laws of the Mizbech are really out of place here, but apparently, as opposed to other Korbanot, the Olah defines the Mizbech. So Zot Torah Olah, he Olah al-Mukdah al-Mizbech kol ha This Olah, which I'll tell you how to do, but you should remember that it's the Olah which is on the Mizbech. All night it burns slowly on the Mizbech, and then, Eish Tamid Tukad Alamizbeach Lot Tichbeh, a permanent fire should burn on the altar and never, never be extinguished. It's quite clear, I think, from the context of the Pasuk, that what this means is that it's not just the Korbanot, which are the service of God, but the fire on the Mizbeach is also the service of God. The fire is burning the Allah, but it's, it's a result, it's an intended result and a goal within itself, that there should always be a fire on the Mizbeach Lot Tichbeh. The Mizbech is the source of the fire, the presence of God is, is indicated, is, is, is maintained by the fact that this Korban Ola is present there all the time and the fire represents the presence of God. And the Mishnah in Mesechat Avot, the fifth parak, has a list of miracles that took place in connection with the Beit HaMikdash. Asara, Nisim, Na'asu, La'avotenu, Beit HaMikdash. One of them is, Lo kavu ha-gishamim eish shel atzei ha-maracha that the, it says in the Torah, Lo Tichbe, 
the fire on the Mizbech should never be extinguished. So it sounds like a command. You have to make sure it's not extinguished. But Chazal took it as being as well a promise. It will never go out. Once that it's a fire, the fire never, never would go out. Chazal said, what about when it rained? So he said, that was one of the miracles. That no matter how hard it rained in Yushalayim, and those of you who have been to Yushalayim in the winter know how hard it can rain, but the fire was not put out by the rain. Rav Chaim Valajana asked, if God is doing a miracle in order to maintain the fire on the Mizbech, so instead of making the fire somehow impervious and immune to the, to the, to the rains, why did he just make sure it didn't rain or didn't rain on the Mizbech? A very demonstrative and noticeable miracle. It's raining in Shulayim, but in the, over the Mizbech it's not raining. So if Chaim answered that, on the contrary, it's coming to teach us the miracle is a lesson. Miracles aren't there to astound you. They're there to teach you. And the miracle is teaching you Hatmada. It's teaching you that you are the fire and you have to maintain your position. The fire has a job to do. It maintains its position no matter what, even when the rains come down. That's the, that's the miracle, but that's the miracle which is an example. If it hadn't rained, then the fire wouldn't be itself. The fire would not be the miracle. The lack of, the lack of problems would be the miracle. But there are problems in the world. And the world is made to have problems. And the miracles come to teach you that you should persevere when there are problems. The fire is permanent on the Mizbech. That's its job. No matter what. So there was rain, but no matter what. Avchayim added a bit of Jewish that his concern was about learning Torah. People find it difficult to learn Torah. And the usual excuse, the usual excuse because it's a good excuse, and surely affected Amisol over the years, was that Bayota Panasa, Jew goes to work, he finds it difficult to find time to devote to learning Torah. So Chaim said, okay, but that's what the Pesach is saying. Eish tamid tukah you have to learn Torah, lo even if it's raining, Geshem. The word Geshem means rain. The word Geshem also means Gashmias, uh, Panasa, problems of, of physicality. So even the, the Gashmias should not be able to put out the fire. person has to maintain his position, maintain his job, even when the Gashmias comes to sweep you away. May I add, that I think KMTT specifically is sitting on, on that point that Rav Chaim raised. People do work and they work hard. And it's hard to find time for organized study of Torah. But thank God, Kashbuch who gave us the means by giving us traffic jams. Well, what excuse can you have if you're sitting in a car on the way to work and all you can do is watch your hands turn the steering wheel. On the other hand, it's hard to learn in a car when you're in a steering wheel. Who are you going to learn with? So that's why KMTT is here. To make sure, to give you the opportunity, which only you can take, to learn Torah together with us every day in the time that's available. Whether it's while you're commuting, you're exercising, eating lunch, whatever. Kva'itim said, you have a job, you have a position, you have to maintain that position. 
even when the rains come, even when the winds blow away. Plus you have to maintain that position, you have to find that position. So I hope and pray, this is our goal, that the little MP3 device that you have, when it's filled with the Torah which we're sending or from other, from other sources, which should be another means of, of being Torah, it should be another anchor to maintain that position whenever the winds blow and the rains fall. With this, I conclude today's broadcast and we conclude the series. The first opening quarter of a year of KMTT. It's been three months. It's been an exciting three months for me. And I hope a beneficial and enjoyable three months for you. We played around with the quality and with the, the means of, uh, of communications. Hopefully we're on a pretty steady track now. And we'll be back after Pesach, Rosh Chodesh Iyar. There'll be a few changes in the programs. There'll be a new series starting. Until then, this has been Ezra Bek. And this has been KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah. Wishing you a Chag Kasher V'Sameach. Chag Agula, Chag Achirut. We should have Bizoche for Geula, for redemption, and for Chirut in the real sense of the word, for the freedom to grow and approach God, for the freedom to be Avdei Hashem, to be servants of God. And we should deepen our understanding of Torah and understanding of mitzvot and our understanding of our role as Ovdei Hashem, Lomdei Torato, Ve'oskei Bishmo, Lishma. During this time, the time of we're having on the vacation, so again I ask you to do your part in spreading the word about KMTT, helping people overcome the technical difficulties for those who are not familiar with it, and connecting. I'd like to have a couple more hundred subscribers. Make me feel good. You can review old shiurim, download the shiurim that you're missing. Starting after Pesach, we will be adding a separate feed, a separate podcast feed in Hebrew. It'll be the same idea, half an hour a day, an additional shiur which will be in Hebrew. The the feed already exists. There is now one shiur, there'll be two shiurim before Pesach. The regular scheduling will begin after Pesach. The website of the of the Hebrew version of KMTT, which is called Keshet, called Shidurei Torah, is found at www.etzion.org.il slash Keshet, K-E-S-H-E-T. And for those of you who'd like to have two shirim a day, one will be in English and one will be in Hebrew, so all you have to do is to subscribe to the additional feed. In other words, you leave, you have two feeds listed in your, in your podcatcher, in iTunes or, or Juice or some other podcatcher, and then you will be receiving two shirim a day. There'll be five shirim a week in Hebrew. It'll be Sunday through Thursday, as opposed to Monday through Friday. It'll be Sunday through Thursday. And it gives you the opportunity 
assuming you're commuting, so you have to come back home also. You have another half hour to listen. It'll be in it'll be in Hebrew. Until then, Shabbat Shalom, Chag Kasher Sameach. This has been KMTT Ki Mitzion Teitzei Torah Udvar Hashem Miyushalayim.